Thank you for listening to the teaching podcast of Muncie First Church. If you would like to know more about us, go to MuncieFirstChurch.com. Or if you would like to support a ministry, go to the giving page, MuncieFirstChurch.com slash give. Well, let's jump into the teaching from this last week. Well, at this time, what we're going to have Rod and his... Is, is it just you to start with, or are you all coming up right away? All right, well, Rod's going to come, and he's going to share with us this morning. And so if you would, as he comes, give him a, a hand as well. It is uh, indeed a privilege for us to get to be with you here at Muncie First Church of the Nazarene. Uh, my wife and I just arrived back in the United States uh, a week ago, and this is our first service on our home assignment back here in the States. And so we're delighted, especially good to be here in northeastern Indiana. I was born and raised in Huntington, grew up in the Huntington First Church of the Nazarene, and went to Marion campgrounds and did all the crazy things kids do in camp and survived it somehow, huh? Uh, you see me wearing a, an, an Olivet shirt. Uh, my wife and I are graduates of Olivet. Two of our daughters are graduates of Olivet. And the third one, the one that's here with us, is a student at Olivet. There you see them up on the screen behind us. Uh, I'm surrounded by women, isn't it? Uh, even our dog is a girl back in Kenya. And the, and the dog's name is Clinique. Like as in the makeup, you know, you can tell I had a lot to do with that, didn't I, huh? But God has blessed our family, and we just feel uh, so, um, so blessed to be a part of the Church of the Nazarene serving as missionaries. And when we come to a church like this, we always want to express our gratitude to all of you for, like the Apostle Paul says in some of his letters to the churches that he planted, for your partnership in the gospel with us, because we could not do what we do if it weren't for good people like you here on this side doing what you do. Uh, just a little report on this clan that you're seeing here. The oldest one is the one in the middle. She is, her name is Rebecca. She's back in Kenya. Uh, she has a job there, lives in her own apartment and all that sort of thing the young adults do. Uh, she works for an organization that helps orphans and vulnerable children in our part of the world there. Then uh, Katie, the one next to her mother, she lives in Kankakee, Bourbonnais area, and she's a social work major working to help in a drug and alcohol s substance abuse prevention uh, program. And uh, she is really, it seems like to us at least, halfway around the world, like she's on the front lines in the state of Illinois about trying to prevent the legalization and commercialization of marijuana in the state of Illinois. She's all the time going to the uh, Springfield to lobby and do things uh, for the congressmen down there to try and convince them to uh, say no to that uh, big push that's happening in that state. Hannah, you'll hear from her in just a moment. But really, if you'll go to the next slide, we love this song by Stephen Curtis Chapman. If we had it, we could play, play it for you today. It's entitled Dive. And in that song, he talks about sink or swim, I'm diving in. Diving in with the mission of God in our world. My wife and I just decided that when we came back to the States this time, we didn't want to just give a little re, you know, status update report on what's going on in our ministries. 
By the way, I should say that I am like the academic dean at Africa Nazarene University. Some of you have been there. I met a lady who came on the work and witness team, and uh, others have been a part of that. There's another team from northeastern Indiana coming to Africa Nazarene University in January. Maybe it's not too late to book your slot as part of that team. Maybe that's how God wants you to dive in with his mission in this world, just planting a seed of thought there. But my wife is the children's ministry coordinator for East Africa, and she's all about training Sunday school teachers and children's workers in our context there. And she'll tell you more about that. But this slide, you can see it there. I don't know. Would you be willing to do that? I don't know about that, man. That just looks so incredible. He's jumping off this platform built over a cliff down. I don't know how far the drop is into this water. That seems pretty bold. Nineteen years ago, my wife and I were pastoring a church in Arlington, Virginia, and we just felt like God was telling us to do something like this, figuratively. We had received a phone call to... For me to go and join the faculty of Africa Nazarene University halfway around the world, I had never even been outside the United States before. Had to get a passport for the first time just to go there, and we thought spend the rest of our lives, and so far we have in ministry there. And my wife to do who knows what when we got there. And, we, and these kids that you saw the picture of, they were just eight, seven, and one. This one was one year old. She's now 20 when we went to Africa. Sold all of our possessions in a big yard sale. The remaining things, they gave us three four-by-four-by-four-foot crates to pack whatever we wanted to. We gave these older two, older two daughters boxes, little moving boxes, and say, of all of your dolls and all of your, your toys and whatever you, stuffed animals, whatever you can fit in one of these boxes, that's what you can take with you to Africa. And it just seemed like we were jumping off <laughs> a cliff. But you know what? We're still here. And it's been the most rewarding journey that we could ever imagine. You talk to any one of those girls, and you'll hear from Hannah in just a moment, and they'll tell you they probably wouldn't trade that experience that they had growing up in Africa for anything in the world. So our mission here today is really to encourage you to dive in. To join God in His mission in this world. If you can go to the next slide, I think this really began with Jesus when He met with these disciples. Peter and Andrew, they were casting their nets, and He says, you know what, guys, that's great, that's wonderful, but come and follow Me, and I will make you fishers of men. Dive in with Me. Follow Me. And I'll show you something you've never seen before. And they had their ups and downs. But finally, on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up before that great crowd. And he got it right. And he was fully dived in, if that makes sense, with God's mission in our world. The Apostle Paul experienced it on the Damascus Road when, when Jesus came to him and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I've got a mission for you to do. And we see that all in the book of Acts, all of the missionary journeys that the Apostle Paul went on throughout his career and his life. And we can study that now in the history books, as it were, of how Paul dived in with God's mission. 
you go to the next slide, I'm going to invite Hannah to come and share perspective of the missionary kid, uh, what it means to dive in, even though it wasn't her choice, it was mom and dad's decision to go halfway around the world. She was just one point something or other years of age, but what it's been like from her perspective as an MK to be a part of this mission. Hannah, come on up here. Hi. I'm a little rusty as a public speaker, so I hope you guys will give me a little bit of grace. Um, like my dad said, my name is Hannah. I'm the youngest of three. My dad kind of told you about my older sisters. Basically, they're just like conquering life, and I'm just a college student. I'm not the most exciting person in the world, but I hope to one day be as awesome as they are. Don't tell them I said that. <laughs> um, yeah, we also, like, I mean, okay, so I'll just tell you a little bit about myself first. So I'm 20 years old, and I'm a junior social work student at Olivet Nazarene University. In case you couldn't tell, it kind of runs in the family. <laughs> and I was only one year old when we moved to Kenya. Um, I went back to Kenya last summer between my, soft, my sophomore and freshman year and worked at a Christian camp over there. But aside from that, I haven't really lived in Kenya in over two years. And it's been really hard. I've, it's grown to become my home, and I really missed it, and I really missed my family. I'm not going to lie, our dog is probably my favorite member of our family. No offense. So it's been really hard being away from her. But yeah, I, I love all of them. They're great. Sorry, one second. And so we have our extended family here in America, and it's been really great going to college because I get to be reunited with all of them, and I got to spend Christmas with my grandparents, which I have never done in my life. It was really amazing. I had no idea that having steak on Christmas was a family tradition. That was awesome. And I also have been reunited with my church family here in the States. You guys have been praying for us and supporting us, and I can't tell you how much that means to all of us. You guys have had an amazing impact on our lives, even though I haven't ever really met you guys. And I just want to say thank you so, so much for that. And you guys have also supported some of the other missionaries all over the world in our global mission family with the Church of the Nazarene. The house that my family and I live, or I was raised in, my parents currently live in, it is partially paid for with alabaster donations that you guys have made. So thank you so much for that. The funds that you guys raise for the World Evangelism Fund pays for my family and all missionaries for our global church's salaries. Most importantly, your prayers, again, are what help keep Global Mission, the Church of the Nazarene's global church, alive and running. Because of you, we are able to go out, spread the word of God to those around us, conquer the devil, and have a party when people accept Jesus as their savior. So thank you so, so, so much. We seriously could not do what we do without you. Um, just a little bit of how you guys have impacted my life in particular. So I grew up, I was a really sick child. I was not your ideal child when you think of when you're pregnant and you're like thinking about, oh, my child's gonna be an amazing child. I mean, I'm sure my mom would never say that, but I was very sick as a kid. 
And so I was always going in and out of doctor's offices. And I, so I had a really low immune system, so I was contracting all of these different stomach bugs and stuff like that. It was not fun, but yeah, it was okay. I clearly survived it. And it got to, my sicknesses kind of got to a record high around the, my senior year of high school. Um, I suffer from dep chronic depression and anxiety, side note, and so I highly recommend counseling services just in general if you have, if you suffer from like stress, which I think everybody does, and just for general life growth, end of side note. Um, and so I attended two days of my first semester of my senior year and nothing else because I got so sick. My symptoms, I had no idea what was wrong with me, but I was constantly nauseous and I had these crazy headaches that I would never go away and I had no idea what to do. I couldn't get out of bed. I only ever got out of bed to go to doctor's offices and they had no idea what was wrong with me. It was bad. And eventually the, our global church and global mission, which helps support our family, they paid, they said that they wanted to help me and they offered to pay for my parents and me to come to the States to get medical treatment. And that was my first winter in over 15 years. I kind of wish it had been under better circumstances, but I, it was great. I had no idea that what snow was, so that was amazing. <laughs> and I ended up at Cleveland Clinic where I was diagnosed with chronic pain, which consisted of basically I have migraines 24-7 and nausea 24-7 as well. And I was entered into this pediatric rehab facility for other kids that are also suffering from chronic pain. Through that, I learned how to cope with my pain and not let it consume me. I still have it to this day, but I am able to go to school and do all of the normal things kids my age do. And I cannot tell you how I would not be able to do that if it weren't for God and for you guys. I know that like word spread around our church about what was going on with me, and I know that you guys were praying for me, and I just want to say thank you so much. I truly would not be here today if it weren't for you. And also, our medical insurance is paid for through donations that you guys make to our church and to the World Evangelism Fund, so I could not have gotten any of my treatment without you guys. I know you guys probably didn't know that, but I just want to say thank you so much. And I also want you guys to know that my story isn't done. I'm gonna go on and do amazing things, and your story isn't done either. You guys are gonna go on and you're gonna continue to do amazing things. Who knows what God has planned for us if you guys just dive in with him. So yeah, that's me. Thank you. <laughs> oh, um. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> Happy to have her, so happy to have her along with us and to be able to, to share her testimony a bit. And we do thank you for being part of us. We are real people, real people, real Nazarenes, and we are walking alongside this path with you. And so we thank you so much for, for your partnership with us. So what do I do? Over in East Africa, I get to love on, you can go on to the next slide. I get to love on some wonderful, wonderful Sunday school teachers across the countries of Burundi, Ethiopia, Kenya, Rwanda, Tanzania, and Uganda. That's huge. Kenya is the size of Texas, so you can imagine how huge it is. 
huge area that I get to just empower them. Just go along and say, you're doing a great job. Wow, is that what you're doing? Oh, let me, maybe over here in Burundi, we can do that too, or, you know, and it's really a wonderful, wonderful ministry that I get to have that God has blessed me with. You can go to the next slide. Um, as you can see, the importance of children's ministries across East Africa. It's, there's so many, many children. Everywhere you go, there's children, children, children. They need to know about Jesus. They need to hear about him and get started at a young age to grow up to become strong, strong members of the Church of the Nazarene, strong Christians. So it's a big, big ministry, and I'm really grateful that God's enabled me to be able to join into it. You can go to the next slide. Um, if, as you can see, I'm just, I was just a normal little American girl. Can you see, see that girl in the Easter dress? Could, you, could I have ever imagined that little girl could be over in the, the, the villages, the bush, the slums, whatever, of, of Africa teaching Sunday school teachers? I could never have imagined it. I went to college, to Olivet. It was just like a normal American person. I can see I was an RA in the middle there. Um, all I did was I just kept diving in. I just kept saying, okay, God, what do you want me to do next? Okay, God, I love that person. How can I show them more and more? How can I love on them deeper, deeper? That was just my whole attitude of life. How can I love people more? So I just kept loving. I just kept diving in, and God brought me to where I am today. You can go on to the next slide. Um, so many children. I just, when I was in America, I was doing children's ministry, Sunday school teaching, children's musicals and everything. So I just continued over in East Africa. And eventually God brought me to be the director of all of East Africa children's ministries. Go to the next slide. I travel around speaking, telling teachers, helping them. We just had a big trauma conference. So I was helping, you know, in East Africa, our Sunday school teachers have, a, the kids have a lot of trauma, traumatic events that they go through. So we were teaching about that, just helping them to have skills to, to enable our Sunday school teachers. This, this, the next slide is teacher Rebecca. She's a Sunday school teacher who was traveling around and she was in a horrible accident and she ended up losing her arm and her leg. It doesn't stop her. She just keeps on loving children, loving teachers, loving other teachers, diving in is what she was doing. The next slide, Janet. Janet is a very quiet, shy teacher who's willing to just raise up other teachers. She just goes along, the most shy teacher, and just says, you know, talks to them and talks to their language and says, what are you doing? How, how can I pray for you? And helps to build them up. Then I have Jazron. Jazron is not shy. He's not quiet. He's big. He's loud. He's friendly. He's, um, he, tr he reaches especially the male teachers. Right now, he and Janet are in Tanzania with a group from Olivet, a children's ministries team from Olivet right now, and they are just loving on the, the Sunday school teachers in Tanzania. I want you to go on to the next one. These are all of our district teachers from across East Africa, all the different countries. All of them dive in and love on Sunday school teachers and help raise them up and help bring them up. It's a huge, huge ministry. Whoops, sorry. It's a huge, huge ministry that God has given me all because I was willing to just step in and dive in. I want to encourage you to do the same. I don't know your worlds. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're scared to tell your neighbor about Jesus. Dive in. Do it. 
Maybe you're scared to get involved, to be in part of this awesome praise and worship team. Maybe you're really talented, but you're scared. Do it. Dive in. Maybe you're scared. I saw this Islam whatever place around the corner as we drove up. Maybe you're scared to go talk to those people. Do it. Dive in. Just show Jesus. Just step out in faith. You will never, ever regret it. Maybe you're scared to get involved in world mission. Maybe God could be calling you just like us normal people. He called us. Dive in. Do it. Plunge. Cannonball. Whatever. I don't care. Just dive in. Just trust Jesus. You can't believe what an awesome journey in life you'll have with him. We need you. We need your partnership with us. We need you to step out in faith. Maybe you've never been sure if your world evangelism dollar goes to a good cause. But as you've heard from Hannah, it, it, it affects lives. It helps us. It, your partnership with us helps us to spread the gospel. Partner with Children's Ministries. Partner with Africa Nazarene University. We desperately need you to work with us. The Church of the Nazarene is a global church. We all work together. Your Muncie Church over here, our Nairobi Central Church of the Nazarene, we're all working together. It's we're a global church that are willing to dive in to ministry. So we want to ask you to do the same. Dive in with us today. Thank you. Before we leave uh, this slide, I think you, you, I just want to put an exclamation mark on what my wife is saying about her ministry. Uh, these are like, like the trainers of the trainers. They have a whole system of Sunday school training where, uh, you know, like she said, this, this region, that she, this field, we call it the East Africa field, is like the size of the eastern half of the United States. Okay, and probably approximately the same or more population uh, in that region. And so they have uh, national trainers and then they have district trainers. And those people have been given a level of training. They might come to Nairobi and get some special training, but then they go back and they train all of the Sunday school teachers on their district or in their zone or something like that. And they have level one, level two, level three certification as Sunday school trained, you know, trained teachers. And so it's all meant to disciple these children who come into our churches. And you saw that one statistic. I don't know if you captured it. You know, what was it? Go back to that one slide, if you would. It's a few slides back now. It's got the data. Yeah, that one there. You see that last bullet? 42.2% of Kenyans are aged under 14 years. Can you imagine that? Can you realize that if you're not doing effective ministry to children, then you're not doing the Great Commission in our part of the world. And so you can't just neglect these kids and forget about them and invest your resources, which is what a lot of churches, maybe because of poverty, is what they do often in our context. They'll focus their resources on the adults, those who can put some money in the offering plate. But these kids, they just can't put any money in the offering plate, so we're not going to worry about them. But no, my wife is there to remind them that this is a vital ministry of the church in our part of the world. So uh, I... They are doing this ministry on a financial thread. And I just want to encourage you. You might think about uh, how you could be a special partner with 
her and her ministry to children in our context. But let me go on. Again, we're talking about diving in. People who have dived in with the ministry of the church. If you'll go to the, the next slide after where Sarah finished. Yeah, this one here. Here's two people over 100 years ago who dived in. Harman Schmelzenbach. If you've been around the Church of the Nazarene, you'll probably know that name, isn't it? Harman and Lula Schmelzenbach felt the call of God on their lives, both as single people, didn't even know each other, but they got on the same boat to Africa in 1906. They met on that boat, and sure enough, maybe it was the love boat, I don't know, you know, but after they got off the boat, they just kind of felt like they could do that mission better together than solo. And so they got married, and to go to the next slide, they started off into the into the bush of Africa, came to what is now called Swaziland. Actually, now the king of Swaziland just changed the name of the country to Eswatini. Okay? So there's a new name for this country. And uh, they planted the work of the Church of the Nazarene on the mainland of Africa in 1907 there. And if you go to the next slide, this is just, the, this is just how things are now today. 34 of the 54 countries of Africa, the Church of the Nazarene has a presence. We have churches, we have members there. Over 100, 115 districts, 15 pioneer areas, over 8,600 churches, over 600,000 members of the Church of the Nazarene across the continent of Africa. Can I hear an amen on that one? You know, this is, the, this is fulfilling the Great Commission. And you can tell that it won't be long if the growth trajectories of the church in, in America and the church in Africa continue when there will be more Nazarenes in Africa than there are in America. God is doing a good thing. Literature in over 40 languages, radio programs in 16 languages, all because two people decided to dive in and get this thing going. If you go to the next slide, this is... This is Harmon III, okay, there's Harmon I that you saw on that first slide. This is Harmon III, grandson of Harmon I. And he and his wife, Beverly, were the pioneer missionaries for the Church of the Nazarene in East Africa, where we are in Kenya. And it was Harmon who had that original vision of a, of a theological college, which became a university that we now call Africa Nazarene University. And this is him standing on the land that would one day become ANU when there was nothing there. Talk about a vision, right? Somebody having a, a vision in their mind of what God could do. This is somebody who dived in, who got involved in God's mission. In fact, he was a pioneer missionary, not just in, in Kenya, in Ethiopia, Angola, Botswana, Namibia. All of those countries, it's like he just spent his whole career, oh yeah, I'll start the church over here, oh yeah, I'll start the church over here. Somebody diving in with God's mission in the world. The next slide, this is the very first work and witness team that came to Africa Nazarene University. Again, when there, were, when there were no buildings there, when there were no walls, it was just savannah and there were wild animals all around and they were pitching their tents to begin the work. Pasadena First Church of the Nazarene. In fact, you can see Harmon Schmelzenbach. Let me get my pointer out. This is Harmon over here. 
In fact, same, same outfit of clothes he was wearing in the previous picture. I don't know if it was the same day, you know. But this guy here, anybody recognize this? Are you familiar with Focus on the Family? H.B. London, was, who was, ran their ministry to pastors. He was the pastor of Pasadena First Church of the Nazarene at the time this team came. Both of those gentlemen just recently passed away. And um, until not so long ago, Harmon was still a part of our board and council of the university. And so we mourn the, the loss of particularly Harmon Schmelzenbaugh, one of these founders of the church. But if you come to ANU and you look for the plaque from northeastern Indiana, we have this place called the Honors Court where we put up a granite plaque on a wall with all the names of the work and witness teams and the team members. And you'll find some of your names there on the plaque for northeastern Indiana. But you'll also find H.B. London, James Dobson, Ryan Dobson, and some of these others that have been a part of the Church of the Nazarene and doing other ministries, great ministries. But these teams dived in with the mission of God in the world. Let me share with you a few others. This is ANU today. I mean... Our main campus, you can see the great facilities that God has given us. We have five schools within our university, two institutes, over 35 programs of uh, academic or professional development programs on offer. Students from over 20 different countries in, in any given trimester enrolled at ANU. Two doctoral programs, seven masters, 15 bachelor programs, 10 diplomas, eight certificate programs, plus others. Total enrollment, over 3,400 students in all of these different programs. Can you see that God has done something through these people who dived in? Harmon, Schmelzenbaugh, Pasadena First Church of the Northeastern Indiana uh, District who have come along to help us. God has been good. What the Lord has done. This is one of our graduating classes each year. A group of students like this graduates from ANU. And on the motto of our university is... What begins here transforms the world. So each year we're sending out a new wave of students to go out and to transform their society. So when you dive in with God's mission, there are so many ways to do that. You don't have to come and be a typical preacher-type missionary. You can see that I'm in academics. You can see my wife is working with children's ministry there's all different types of ways to get involved with God's mission in this world. Let me just share with you, with the few minutes we have left, a few examples. This is Flora Mukali. She's one of our Doctor of Ministry students at ANU, and we also use her sometimes to teach on a part-time basis some of the other classes that we offer. She comes from a part of the country where the girl child is often abused, sexually abused, even by relatives. And she just got to a point where she couldn't take it. And she dived in and she began a home. It's called the New Scent Home for Girls. And just in the last three years, this has been going. And already she's got 30-some young girls all the way from, like, babies up to teenagers that she is caring for in this home. And ANU is kind of a special partner, and we brought these kids. We took, sent a bus out there to collect them and brought them to our campus, and we 
we had them come into our chapel service and we all stood up and just give them a standing ovation, these girls, and loved on them. And we set up our own little room for them to have a, a free store where they could go in and pick some clothes out and some things that they might go back with. This is people that are making a difference. They, she and her team of co-workers that she works with in this home are changing lives of these girls for the better. Another thing that we've done, if you go to the next slide, Impact Week, each year, the motto of ANU, I said earlier, is what begins here transform the world. And one of the ways we do that is through this impact week. It's a time we set aside and we, and we gather students together. They, they group up in teams and, and they, solve, they practice solving real societal problems. And then they pitch their ideas before a panel of judges, almost like the shark tank. And we give the winning team some seed money to try to incubate their idea and develop it into an, econo you know, an economically viable kind of thing. And you can see the brainstorming that's going on here in one of these group sessions. Again, solving real-world problems. Even here in Muncie, you've got issues in your society. How are we trying to solve those issues? How are we trying to think about them? We're trying to create young people at ANU that will be game-changers in their society. Another group, uh, if you go to the next slide, these uh, is uh, a group of students. The last three or four years, we've been involved in this Holt Prize. It's an international global competition for kind of doing the same thing that we do in this Impact Week on our campus. It's about uh, envisioning solutions to global problems. And... They give you the topic, and then the students all think of ideas in their teams as to how to solve those problems. And this is the team that competed in the regional finals in Dubai, and they won. They were competing against teams from all over the Middle East and all over, you know, North and Eastern Africa. And our team, they won those regional finals, and now they'll be going to the global competition uh, later on this year. And you know what? I, I don't even know all about their, their solution. All I know was, was that it, it had to do with the use of pineapple leaves. <laughs> Talk about innovation. Talk about creative solutions, you know. Uh, somehow using those leaves to create something that would uh, create economic empowerment for people. And another team went to Sydney, Australia, and competed in the competition there. And uh, so we're very proud of these students. They're really uh, thinking ahead. Another one, these guys here you see in the slide. We have a law school at ANU, and they compete in these moot court competitions. And uh, we actually host on our campus annually one of the regional locations for the foreign direct investment moot court uh, our, you know, competition. We've had teams come as far away as the Czech Republic to compete in that, in that competition. But these were some of our students who competed in a national competition. And some of, these, some of these in this slide, they went all the way to Switzerland to compete in competition, honing their skills as legal professionals. Our law school is doing a great job of producing young people who will be the kind of lawyers and legal professionals who will stand up for justice and make a difference in their society. 
and we're very proud of, of what they're doing. Diving in with God's mission. Go to the next slide. Our students as a whole. Um, you know, a lot of universities in Kenya, their student bodies are always in a state of unrest. They're always complaining about something. And when they, they'll go on demonstrations and they'll shut the university down. They'll go into the streets and they'll throw rocks and stones into shop windows and just to make a protest about something or other. But our students decided they wanted to do something just to help those other students who were struggling financially with paying their school bills. And they gathered together their resources, held a nice banquet. You see them all dressed up, looking very sharp here, and presenting the check with our vice chancellor to the student, the student on, what is it, my right, your left, a check for a certain amount of money that they had raised. Students raising money to help other students. That's diving in with God's mission in our world. If you go to the next slide, um, uh, a trauma workshop, my wife mentioned that kids and people are experiencing trauma in our societies all around the world. The United States is not unique to that, even in Kenya. We have uh, maybe some unique twists on that in our, in our environment there. But our counseling psychology department, partnering even with my wife and her ministry to do a series of workshops trying to help people know how to deal with trauma. If you go to the next slide, I believe this is one on Green Week. This is the cabinet secretary of the Ministry of Environment in Kenya. Came to our campus to launch our, kind of like our environmental awareness week. And our world is in a bit of trouble, isn't it? I don't know if the rains here are a result of global climate change or what. I'm not sure of all of that, but I know that in our part of the world, deforestation, so many things are taking place at a rapid rate. And so we're trying to do our part to stand up for um, this planet that God has given us to be good stewards of it. And the cabinet secretary came and launched that occasion. We had a wonderful time uh, with him on our campus. Go to the next slide. Court annexed mediation workshop. I need to explain that just briefly. In Kenya, the court system is overwhelmed with cases. I had to go to court 14 times for a little traffic accident over a span of three years just to resolve it. And so to try and clear that backlog of cases the courts are creating arbitration and mediation means whereby you can go to an arbitrator or a mediator and resolve your dispute out of court. Okay, we have that kind of process here in the States. What's interesting is that they have Muslim mediators, they might have others, and so now they're doing Christian mediators and they have to be certified by the court. And so ANU, this... The guy pointing his finger is one of our faculty in our School of Religion and Christian Ministry. And they have decided they want to be a key place for training Christian mediators to involve in dispute resolution. And so they go through this training. The lady standing with him is a judge in the, court of Ken in the courts of Kenya, specializing in family law. And so she handles a lot of these court cases that deal with some of these kind of things. And so you go to the next slide. This is when, after the training is complete, there's an actual swearing in of these people who have gone through this training. Again, trying to solve 
people's issues in our society. It's part of the mission. It's part of diving in. Our school of religion is making a difference. If you go to the next slide, these are, this was at a global theology conference sponsored by the Church of the Nazarene. And I could, I could tell you stories. I've had the privilege of educating most of these, teaching them in the classroom, most of these people that I'm in this picture with. And I could tell you stories about each one of them, where they're at now. But these, were, these are educators now across Africa gathered together in Florida for this global theology conference. But they're all alumni of Africa Nazarene University. If you go to the next slide, this is, I just was calculating where our students are now from the School of Religion. That was the department that I was part of when I was uh, teaching on a normal basis. Right now, in district leadership, district superintendents and other district leaders, 12, 12 such persons. Uh, national leadership, we have five who are like the national mission coordinators for their countries. Field leadership, there are six fields, seven fields across Africa now. In each one of them, they have a, a certain, they have like a field education coordinator, a field strategy coordinator, a field uh, compassionate ministry coordinator, and six of those uh, fields have people at, a, at, from ANU alum as key people in their, their leadership teams. Three official missionaries now um, from the Church of the Nazarenes sent out to other parts of Africa. Educational leadership, that's the faculty members like I was pointing to you in that previous slide. Uh, Eleven, we're providing, ANU is providing the faculty for our Bible colleges across Africa in many cases. And then the regional, the whole Africa region, there are two uh, ANU alumni serving down in South Africa as part of our regional leadership team. So that school of religion is making a, a big difference across Africa. If you go to the next slide, um, as my wife mentioned, we, we serve Muslim students at African Nazarene University. Uh, we welcome anybody, whatever their faith is, but we make no bones about it. We are a Christian university. And so you'll come to chapel. You'll come to have some classes of a religious Christian nature, like Old Testament, New Testament, Christian beliefs, Christian ethics. Just like all the other students, it doesn't matter what your religion is at that point, but we welcome everybody to come. And they come. 3% of our student population are Muslim at ANU. So this is on graduation day. I'm getting a picture with one of those students. This is Hamdi. She's just a, a bright, cheerful, very pleasant young lady. In fact, you know, and just to show you that we are having an impact, I can't say that she's a Christian today, but I can tell you for sure that ANU has made a difference in her life. She even volunteered to be a greeter at the doorway, you know, greeting people, welcoming them to chapel. <laughs> okay? And, and uh, so, and some have come to our chaplain and our other officers in our spiritual, spiritual development office saying, you know, they have questions, they want answers, they're exploring their faith and their understanding of their place in, in this world and what Jesus means to them. If you go to the next slide, spiritual trans transformation is happening. Despite all of the economic stuff, the research, the development, all of the social things that we might be doing, really at the heartbeat of ANU is this spiritual transformation. I can tell you stories of students. This is one story of a young man who got up and gave a testimony in chapel. He was on drugs, seriously. Came as a student, still with that habit. 
And you know, we, we are pretty strict about discipline, and so if we find somebody's using or even worse, dealing drugs, I wish I could say all of our students were perfect little angels, but they're not. Sometimes they come to us with the real problems that are out there in the society. And so uh, this guy came, and he was still using, but God got a hold of him through the work and the ministry of our chaplain's office and our dean of students' office at the university, turned his life over to Christ and just felt the call of God to go back to his community, back to his friends who were still using and to try and reach out to them. He went back to that community, he had some success, but just like the Apostle Paul also kind of got persecuted and ridiculed by some, but just felt like this is what God wanted him to be doing now, to reach out to his community. He himself dived in. To go to the next slide. This is Joyce. I just want to share with you as I wrap up Joyce's testimony. She writes me a letter here just the other day. Good afternoon, sir. I hope you're well. I'm great. I've been wanting to write you for a while. I just felt like I needed to share a bit about my life. Until I joined ANU, I never knew what was inside of me. I remember in my junior and high school life, the teachers would always write on my report cards, you can do better. I've never cared about my studies, even one bit. I was your typical rebel in high school, and I even got expelled in Form 2. That would be like your sophomore year in high school. I never used to study at all. If today any teacher who taught me in high school would have a chat with my university lecturers, they would get into a fight because they would be talking about two completely opposite people. I have never been a leader anywhere until I joined ANU. I was in fact shocked and always wondered what they saw in me when they gave me the leadership roles I have now. I was made the vice chair of the worship team in January 2017 on my second trimester as a diploma student. Later, I became the chair until now. I've also been the taekwondo team captain. We have taekwondo at ANU, okay? And they do, they do a good job. They're breaking boards, all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I've been the taekwondo team captain since September 2017. The one that surprised me the most was when I got elected as student council chair of the Nairobi campus. All these posts have brought me to a realization that I wasn't living my God-designed purpose. I battled with accepting the nominated leadership roles, but our chaplain made me realize that that was where God wanted me to be. ANU has shaped me into being the leader I am today, and by the time I was vying to be president, I was confident that leadership was instilled in me way before I knew it. My grades, on the other hand, have been have continuously shocked me. During my diploma at ANU, I was thrilled to graduate with a distinction. In fact, I was the only one with a distinction in public relations that year. I have never in my wildest dreams believed that I would lead a whole class academically. Like I told you earlier, I was such a joker in high school and primary school. As I graduate this year from the bachelor degree, I hope to get a first class honors. I have indeed lived to see the core values, the vision and mission of ANU play out in my life. I still pinch myself to see if this is really me. God has given me strength I never thought I had. 
God bless you and the whole management of Africa Nazarene University. Joyce Ndinda. This is our student leader of our Nairobi campus, even as we speak. And this is the kind of transformation that is happening. All because somebody like Harman Schmelzenbaugh, somebody like all of our faculty and other staff who dived in with God's mission in this world. Let me wrap up with this last slide here. My wife's family lives in Arizona, so we spend some time out there. We were on our way to speak in a church in Lake Havasu, Arizona. I don't know if you're familiar with that place. Colorado River goes right through there after it's been through the Grand Canyon. Very scenic area. And so we stopped on our way to the church, and we saw these. I don't know if you can see them. Maybe my pointer will help it out here. There are some guys standing right up here. Do you see them? And there's this steep cliff right here into the water. And we hiked all the way up there to them, and these guys were still standing there. And what they were trying to do as we observed them is they were trying to get their nerve to run and jump off that cliff and land in the water down below. <laughs> we were there probably for 10 or 15 minutes looking at the beautiful scenery and just watching them a little bit, and we left because they never got the nerve to jump off. They were just talking. Folks, this is where I want to leave you. Let's don't talk joining God in his mission. Let's just don't beat around the bush. I want to be like in this last slide here, the next one. Oh, maybe it's not there. Nope, I'm sorry. Uh, I updated this over late last night. Back to that very first slide of that guy diving in. Can you go back to that one? Clear back at the, near the very beginning of the presentation, second one. I don't want to be like those guys that stood up there and talked the whole time and did nothing. I want to be like this guy who dived in. I may not have the best form. I may not have the nice physique. This guy just looks like he's looking at the camera almost like, hi, you know. Diving in with God's mission. Like Sarah said, I don't know what, I don't know what your ministry is here at Muncie First Church. Maybe you're, maybe you're in the children's department teaching Sunday school. Maybe you're doing in the soundboard. Maybe you're doing uh, whatever else. But maybe it's time you stop standing up and wondering, maybe it's time to dive in. Something new. Something deeper. The next level. Maybe it's time to come on that work and witness trip to African Nazarene University. Maybe God is calling you to serve in some missionary capacity, locally or abroad. Whatever it is, say yes. It's the journey of a lifetime. You won't regret it. There'll be challenges, yes. There'll be issues that will push you to the max. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? God will be with you through whatever it is. Don't settle for looking down wishing that you were, had done something, and it's too late. I don't know how many times we go, to, we go around to churches like this, and we end up meeting somebody after the service who said, you know, God called me to be a missionary when I was just a teenager, but, but, and they never did it. Or God wanted me to do this, but, and they never did it. Don't be like that. If God talks to you, obey.
follow him, and he'll make all the difference in the world. Let me give it back over to the worship team for this final worship set. Sorry for taking a little bit long, but God bless you. Thank you for letting us come and share with you. Thank you, guys. The worship team is going to uh, lead us in, in a couple songs as we close out this morning. I do want to say something really quick as, as they kind of get ready to transition here. Is we are very blessed as a church, and um, God has used us in a big way to support missions. I mean, over just last year alone, uh, this church gave over $15,000 to missions. Um, that was, and that's just through faith promise. That's not counting alabaster and the other offerings that we do. And so um, if, if you're not currently giving in that way and you want to, uh, please know that there's always uh, the ability to do that on our online giving and through other things. And, and as you've heard today, I mean, it's not just going in the bank. It's not just, you know, sitting in a safe somewhere. It's money that's going to to work. It's it's helping people. It's it's used to build buildings. It's used to uh, lead people to Jesus. And so um, we are very thankful for that. And so if you would, let's stand together uh, as we worship and close out the service. I'm going to pray and then the band will lead. And then when the when we're done, we'll, you'll be dismissed. So Jesus, we are again just amazed at the work that you're doing, God, that you do through the, the generosity of, of this church and this district and, and, and through God, the, the Reed family and the many, many others who are on the mission field working, Lord. Um, our prayer is, is always that we want to be a church that makes a difference, that we see people's lives changed, God, and help us to do that. Help us to, to dive in, as we've heard today. And to not be afraid, but to take that step of courage and boldness. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together. Amen, right? Amen. God, we just ask that you would go with us as we leave this place. That we would, God, that we would be a blessing and, and, and God, a witness for you in this community. God, that you would go with us as we leave this place and we would feel the courage and the boldness to dive in. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for this, this time that we've had today and, and that it wouldn't just uh, stop when we leave here and be forgotten as we go on about our day, Lord, but that we would just continue to worship you and continue to lift your name up as we go about all the things that we have today and tomorrow and through the rest of this week. Well, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great week, church. We thank you so much for being here.